1: listening to the music and concert show with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone. Hey there. It is the Music and Concert Show. Johnny Lightfoot, Trent
2: Falcone. What up? How are you, brother? Oh, man, it's a week. Yeah, it's it a is a week. What's going on? Well, what's not going on? It's music and there's concerts. Music. Music, music. It's just it's crazy. It's uh, this
1: is crazy. To August? Me. Can you believe that? And it's only
2: August third, and there's still a ton of concerts St- coming. I would argue we are now just starting the summer. This is where we're starting. Well, man, there's uh, everything oh, yeah. up to this point was warm up.
1: Right. The the big heavy hitters are starting to come in now.
2: Well, we've had some. Well, we've had huge heavy hitters in the market. It's just we had you know oh ten days between shows or a week bef- between shows or a couple days. It- now it's just you know show show three shows two shows three shows oh yeah yeah it's they're back to back to back and it's it's awesome it's chaos i don't know how i don't know i'm not sure how i'm going to do it but i don't know how people go to them as a as a human i don't know how you i don't know how people uh, god help you if you're a huge fan <laughs> uh, you know like we are uh, i you know we talk all the time about we love this band and this band and sure. this kind of music and that kind of music i don't know how it, i don't know how people how do you have a favorite country singer and a favorite rock singer and a favorite hip-hop guy and a favorite blah, blah, blah? How do you keep up? How do you have a job? How do you maintain any kind of schedule with all these shows?
1: I don't know how I do it, but I just uh, I get a lot of music and listen to a lot of music. And I have – there's one band that will always be the top for me. Don't say Them it. Them Who Shall Not Be Named. There it is. And uh But, you know, everything else is, has a place as well. I, I – uh I don't necessarily have a favorite country singer anymore or a favorite hip hop or rap artist or 80s throwback. I
2: don't have any of that. I just like it all. But the, my point is if they all come to town. Oh. Right? Like there are people it's hard. there are people that only like, you know, I don't listen to country music, I don't listen to metal, I don't listen to hip hop. And even then, right? So that eliminates a good portion of the shows. Sure. Cuz you're not interested, right? But even then, it's like, okay, I still love 23 bands that are all coming in the next six weeks. Okay. How do you how do you make time for it? And then if you do like, you know, oh, this is my favorite country guy, and he's here next week, and I love metal, and they're here two days later. And then these guys are at this club, and these guys are at Twilight, and these guys I – mean, I, I mean, how do you
1: – I think if crazy. you play your cards right, you go to all of them. You can try – listen. But it's hard. It is. There's so many great yeah? shows, but <clears throat> I think – <clears throat> Excuse me. I think one of the things that uh separates for me is if there's a bunch of shows that night or maybe several artists in the same night that I want to see, it all depends on who else is with them. And then I kind of have to weigh the cards like, you know, if it if it's so and so and so and so, do I like that better than sure? this other artist. So, but I try to go to as many as I can um when i can if i'm not performing myself which is this summer has been a very busy performance summer
2: for me but i see what you're saying um i can't imagine people that are trying to just buy tickets and you know people life right you have to get you have to come home from work and then you have to meet up with your friends and you have to get a babysitter and you have to do this and that and i mean well I, it would be uh, i'm I, i'm glad hey you know what at the end of the day who care we're back
1: I have I have a Who couple cares? friends that uh, go to almost every show out at Usana. Sure, and they they buy the seats. It's what they they do for the summer. They don't necessarily go on vacation, so to speak. Sure,
2: their their summers are we're going to concerts. No, I mean I I think it's awesome, and I I get that part, but it's hard there to choose, are yeah. so many shows now multiple shows a day that you have to choose you have to pick between oh yeah i love this guy but i love these this band and i love these guys and i love this guy and then how do you well you just said how you do it how do other people break it down like okay
1: i don't know day of the week maybe day of the week maybe venue
2: bands or venue or cost or is it i've seen them six times i've never seen this guy yeah sure you that's where we're at you have to make choices now you have to say it's not just like oh i can't wait for this band to come to town now it's
1: Boy, everybody's in everybody's
2: town. Everybody's here on Tuesday. Yeah. I want to go here and I want to go I mean that have you seen the Ogden Twilight series?
1: No, I have not. Is that, is that list awesome? It's ridiculous. Who's coming to Harbor Freight this week? Oh boy.
2: I <laughs> thought we put that to rest. Didn't we put that to rest? I all told right, you right. I was wrong. I know. It's crazy. All I mean it's just and then there's Twilight. It's Twilight at Gallivan. Gallivan too. There's yeah. Gallivan Twilight, there's Ogden Twilight. It's there's nuts. Depot
1: shows, there's Red Butte shows, of course, Usana, Maverick, or, uh, Vivint. Yeah. I mean, it's there's so many great shows, and I'm excited for most of them, really am. And I think it's awesome that now Utah is more. Okay, I think we've talked about this in the past, where Utah was mostly, oh, okay, the band's playing Denver, we've got three days off or two days off on our way to L.A. Let's stop in Utah and do a show. We were, you know, kind of that. In between spot, I think now we have become a destination spot that people or artists or bands want to come and perform in
2: I would agree to some extent, but we still we still miss like we discussed last week, right yeah, yeah, Bruce Springsteen, oh man some of those guys they just don't they don't come here, and you know we uh, we forget population we're not as big as some of the other cities sure, right? so that clearly you've got fewer well there that's my point you've got fewer people. That you have to compete with, you know, 25 events.
1: Right, right.
2: Although, man, I'm telling you, we're headed into a insane weekend with shows. We have four shows. I'm just talking arena amphitheater level. Mm-hmm. 4 uh, Let's see. Four shows in three days, and that's not including, you know, theater shows and club shows. If we add those in, it's what? Four? It's like... Eight shows in five days. Yeah, sure. Sure. Right, That's yeah. just us. I know. So, a fine example. This came across my social media. Okay. Sandy Amphitheater. Okay. August. It's August 3rd. This is the schedule for August. Oh, I can't Should I save this till the end? You save this to the end, but I know... I know. I mean, like, the point is a lot of music, so this was what I was going to... Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, well, I know Elvis Costello, which is, okay, for now me, I'm massive.
2: Just, we've ruined it, so I'm just going to do it. Ready? Okay, yeah. August 1st, Little Feet. August 3rd, The Dead South. August 6th, Thundercat. August 9th, Lucas Nelson. August 10th, Tim, how do you say that, Hydricker. Heid- sure. August 12th, Whiskey Myers, which is sold awesome. out. Awesome. 815, Collective Soul and Switchfoot. 816, mm-hmm. Mount Joy, 818, Fitz in the Tantrums, 819, Co. Yep. 823, The Driver Era, 823. Oh, there's a typo. Also, 823. Oh, Franz Ferdinand. That's a mistake. Anyway. That's a
1: great band, by the yes. way. That's a show that people need to go to. Another one of those huge bands that nobody knows.
2: Well, this has got to be. Maybe. Anyway. Uh, oh, no. It's different venues. There you go. 825, Elvis Costello. Yeah. 825, The Deer Hunter. 828, Ken Carson. And 830, Robert Plant, Allison Krauss. That's one. That's one venue. That's one venue slash promoter. That's Post Fontaine and Sandy Amphitheater. That's awesome. And then I looked at the complex, and it's equally insane. Banks tonight, uh, Whitey Morgan, 89, Cohen Cambria, 810, 812. Mark Battles, 8:13, Spider Gang, 8:14, King Lil G, 817, simple plan plus sum 41. Wow, 8:19, Fora, eight, It's it, it, chaos.
1: It's almost every night.
2: Again, man, I I don't know. Uh, This is just one venue, slash one promoter, slash one club, slash... Mm -hmm. uh, And we have tomorrow night... What's today? Wednesday?
1: Today is Wednesday.
2: The Backstreet Boys tomorrow night at USANA Amphitheater. Friday, The Chicks with Patty Griffin at USANA Amphitheater. And Imagine Dragons with Macklemore and Kings Elliott at Rice-Eccles Stadium. That's right. Saturday, Machine Gun Kelly at USANA. And Santa Fe, clan at Salt Air, and it's chaos. That's what I'm saying. It's becoming it's,
1: it's becoming more of a destination other than a, a, a layover stop, which I like. Now, yes, we're not getting the Bruce Springsteen's. We're not getting the Motley Crue shows, even though they could. They could go to Rice, uh, yeah, Rice Eccles, and do it. I mean, obviously, Garth Brooks did two nights in a row. Uh, Malcolm Moore is coming to Rice Eccles, so why not? Why not Motley Crue? Why not Bruce Springsteen? we'll get there.
2: Well, McLemore is opening for Imagine Dragons. So, well, there you go. But Still the com, you know, the combined power of of that line, well, I mean, again, if you're going to get tickets, you should do it quickly. It's it's probably going to sell out and that's no small task. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you know, that's a that's a big stadium and um but you know what, 60,000, right? I can't even remember. I think it depends on if it's a game or I think that's close. I, I, I think can't Garth, Garth was sixty
1: thousand. So, was it? but his stage was set up a little different, kind of in the middle, kind of in the round. So, in the round, right? It that's might right. be a little more, might be a little less, depending on stage setup.
2: Well, again, if you're there, you're 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 serious, right? It's no oh, joke. Yeah. yeah. And um, have you seen Macklemore before? I've not seen Macklemore, No. Man, is it a good show? What a great time! Yeah, a great time. Are you a fan? Uh, not really, to be totally not honest really with you. Yeah. So when he came out, you were like, eh.
1: I wasn't just my, it's not my scene. You Thrift know? Shop? Sure, I don't know.
2: Is it uh, good? You You know that song. Educate me. Well, like, I mean, I don't have it with me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Play something, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> Story yeah. for another day. Thrift Shop, you know the song.
1: I probably know the song. It
2: was, again, one could have argued. I knew some people that were like, oh.
1: Sing a little bit of it for me.
2: Well, I don't want to. Yeah. But it was very catchy. It was in the, it was a hit. And some people were like, "Uh, he's a, he's the terrible one hit wonder. Mm -hmm. Nah. Nope. No. That record had hit after hit after hit. Like, how many do you think it produced? I can't, I mean, would you say more than five? It's too bad we don't have a device. I know. I'm
1: I'm 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 questioning you here to to look it up and and tell me exactly what this album has as far as hits go. So because me, I do not know it, I really don't, and I know that's probably not a good thing, or maybe I do and just don't realize who it
2: is, so to speak. But uh, well, again, if you're not a hip hop guy,
1: I'm I'm not a huge hip hop, right? but I do like some. But I'm not I'm not a big Macklemore fan.
2: But how do you know if you haven't heard a lot of it? Good point. I don't know. I mean that's I mean I'm not certainly not questioning it, right? You like what you like, but so let's see. See look how many singles he's had. Those I mean, are again, singles? <clears throat> wow. People um, I understand not everybody's cup of tea, which is fine. There's one called Irish Celebration, by the way. No it's idea. Spectacular. The Heist was the album. Ten thousand hours can't hold us, you know that one. Probably. Oh, yes. Of course, I know that song. <laughs> see, you just need to sing it. <laughs> you know what to See? Thrift yes.
1: shop? Sure. Maybe if you sing some bars.
2: I'm trying to think of an appropriate line. Anyway same love Well, white walls was a hit it's like a- wings really see i again i was not- a big album anyway the point is uh support for imagine dragons and you know again he's a he's a good time massive show i'm sure and imagine dragons somebody told me this story maybe you know this since you went to you know you saw everyone at harbor freight right right somebody told me and i'm usually pretty good at this nerd story stuff okay This can't be true, but somebody told me that... So Imagine Dragons, they kind of started in the Provo club scene, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Somebody told me that they played in a parking lot at like a car sale.
1: Like recently? No. Oh, before. Obviously, no.
2: No, back when they were... Yeah,
1: probably. I'd never heard of them.
2: So they... uh, they, That's insane. And now they're in a a stadium.
1: So what I understood was... A couple of them went to BYU, right, and and was in the music program there and played some shows locally. Then went down to Vegas, and that's where the band they found consider its success. That hometown, yeah, they, they, they do consider that hometown, even though they technically started here.
2: Well, again, I mean, that's just what a cool story. Oh, yeah. I do remember them being, you know, all the rage in pro in the Provo club. What was a Valor yes, club? Yes, have you played there?
1: Uh, we got to go back to the '90s, possibly.
2: I think I did, but I think it was called something else. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Anyway, they came. Uh, they, I mean, just it's unbelievable. Well, they're they're How Utah. Cool.
1: They're probably, and this is this is argumentative. Um, they're probably the biggest band other than Donnie and Marie to come out of Utah. If now, you
2: consider you, Yeah, I guess. It's granted, Utah. we
1: kind of consider them Utah, even though they consider themselves Vegas. So it's it's kind of. What you want to go with. Te- technically and truthfully, it's probably Vegas, but the band did start here.
2: Well, and again, Macklemore started. He, I think his first show was at Kilby Court. Was he here from here, too? Kil- well, he wasn't from here, but he started. Oh. His first play in Salt Lake, and I could be wrong. Wow. my memory... Kilby Court. Kilby Court, which, which are, is if, a garage, basically. Yes, it's a very small venue that maybe holds 100, maybe. I think it's like a 200 club. It's a great, I mean, Will and Lance, they're great guys. It's they, a small venue, and now hurt. he's playing 60,000 at. Yeah, part of the Urban Lounge, you know, family, and. but they, he played uh, Kilby, and then wow. I feel like he played somewhere else, maybe on another play, and then, you know, Salt Air. Mm-hmm. And then we did. I can't even remember all the shows. And then he he did a show a co-headline with uh, Kesha at a Usada, uh, two thousand seventeen, maybe. Okay, stole the show. Really, in my opinion. And this is with Kesha. Kesha co-headline, and I forget who support was, but dude was spectacular. That's and cool. Kesha's, you know, she puts on a great show. But that was one of those where it's like, wow, that's a t- you got to be on your A game to follow him. He's, he's entertaining. He's That's great. cool. He's fun. Well, he gets every. Well, he's another one of those guys, right? Like I don't care if you're in the front, you're in the back. You're getting up.
1: You're dancing, having and a again, good time. Thrift
2: shop though, everybody on the on the planet would sing along, and there are little cues. <laughs> that you were like, uh, I'm gonna. I can't sing any of it. If but you anyway, guys
1: could see Trent right now, he's actually dancing, doing my little like. Yeah, he's doing the he's the doing moves, the, the thing. Anyway, are you doing the? Do they have the dip in there? The hand nope, dip? That's no, that's tomorrow. Okay, that's Back tomorrow. Backstreet Boys. Well, Trent, you mentioned it. Uh, you uh, are
2: oh. my fight. You know go go. No, right? how's it go? The one did that My voice is a little off today. Yeah, but you're dancing I with it, so it's okay. I, I wish you guys could see this.
0: It it's it's. That <laughs>
2: Shake it. Listen, I don't care. It's awesome. I'm going to shake it tomorrow. I don't care.
1: Well, Trent, you briefly mentioned it about 10 minutes ago, and I'm glad you did because it kind of brings me to what I really wanted to talk about today. You mentioned one hit wonders. And throughout history, but mostly the 80s, I want to go with. I mean, every decade has them, of course. 90s, Eagle Eye Cherry, for example. But I think
2: the 80s had- Hold on. Oh? Who was that? I can't think of the song. You can't think of the song? Give it to me. Oh, man. I know it, but I can't. I got to okay, look yeah, it well, up. Go ahead and sing it. Go mm-hmm. ahead. I don't sing. No,
1: no, go ahead. I believe you're the singer I don't the band. either. Go ahead. Anyway, so the 80s produced a lot of one-hit wonder acts, and I kind of was thinking about it, like, what is the greatest one-hit wonder? And I'm going to throw a few out there. I'm going to throw out Rico Suave. Remember Gerardo? Rico <laughs> oh, boy. Suave. Or... How about was not was walk the dinosaur? Maybe wow. uh, escape club the
2: wild wild west. Hmm. Here's the problem. Okay. With one hit wonders, who are who, how are we
1: defining them? Well, you got to look. You got to think of the time because back then most of the one hit wonders were MTV bound. They were radio bound, and they necessarily wouldn't come in concert. But I'm sure they did. You know, as as support acts, but. Today's one hit wonders is everybody because singles were released. So I want to go back to when MTV was playing them. Uh, you know, you you were you love this song, but it was and we talked about this before where there's only one or two good songs on the record and the rest is, you know, just throwaway songs. But these particular acts, it's one song.
2: But again, did they Is it a are they a one hit wonder? <laughs> <laughs> because you only listened to the hit that was on the radio and they had another six records that came out no. that sold well, or they literally, like, we talked about this a couple, you know, it must have been the old version of the show. Right, right. Dude that won the Grammy. Um, somebody I Used to Know. Oh, uh, right. Um, oh, man, man One word, we did this last time. Anyway, Guy won a Grammy right. for that song. Right. Somebody I Used to Know. And Still, that's... is it, and then that was it. And he was gone. Gonzo. But see,
0: Nothing. that's
1: today's world. But today's was- world with iTunes and Spotify, you can just put out one song. You can put it out on YouTube and have one song and it become a massive hit. Like The Weeknd, you know, he became a massive hit because he released it on YouTube and then people started getting into it and following it. Then he got signed. I'm talking <laughs> about bands that were actually signed. Sometimes to a two-album deal, sometimes a three-album deal, and then got dropped after that first album because there was only one song, like "The Escape Club."
2: But did they? But they didn't have just one song. Actually, right? that
1: song—that's actually more the '90s because the song says "Living in the '90s, doing to the Wild Wild
2: West." But everyone knows that song. So That's who you're talking to. about. Somebody I used to know. Now, having said that, though, again, here's the problem. Right? There's one song that. Had commercial success, correct, but they have probably put out five albums, right, right, right. that's so the definition
1: that's, of a one hit wonder,
2: yeah, but i they had one hit, but that doesn't mean that they didn't produce i see I don't agree, I think some one hit wonders they literally had one song, one album okay, and they and then they disappeared, some of the one hit wonders, I think you're referring to. They had one song crack through on radio, right, but they they were around for twenty years, and they put out ten albums well, the, I radio just say. didn't pick it up and play it, but they're there are probably a well case in point Gautier he's got eight almost nine million monthly listeners on one of these services, right that's Somebody's now granted it'd be interesting to see how many if it's just that one song, it's probably
1: just that one song, but But still has a lot of streams for that one song.
2: It's like we talk about artists with new music, you might think their old stuff is great. But they probably, I mean, they probably like the new stuff they're putting out, right? So again, like, what's you- the greatest
1: thing they've ever written in their minds? Of how course. Do, how
2: do you know? Like, how do you know the? How I I can't answer the question. The greatest one-hit wonder of all time? I have no idea. So i,
1: I consider I consider one-hit wonders. They can put out as many records as they want. I'm talking about an actual hit. Hit single. Hit single. Like again, uh, the Escape Club, um, uh, the Outfield with your love. Even though they did have some other songs. If I told you another Outfield song, most people would be like, what? No. They do so Your you, Love.
2: So you don't – You would Level just,
1: 42. There's a great example. What's the song? I can't Lessons think. in Love. I don't even know that one. They, they had – they put out probably – Mark King is the bass player. Uh, they put out probably four or five records, but most people – unless you're a diehard, you, you will know some other songs, but most of them just know Lessons in Love.
2: See, and again, though, some of the one-hit wonders that I think of in my mind – literally had one album Okay. and that was it like they was not was for one example. record one song and then they just went away now that was again t- in my mind 20 30 years ago sure but you're right now that seems to be the way we're currently going that's the it's, way it is
1: now you release a single it doesn't so really you, matter it's
2: a song and then you're but i don't even know does that even count as a one-hit wonder because you're not even it well, seems like
1: I, I don't know if you could count one hit wonders well, I mean, Gautier is a great example of a one-hit wonder, and he would be probably classified in that. But at the same time, he probably just released one song, you know, and then the rest of it just kind of caught on. Back then, like was not was, I brought up a few times. Don was was a major producer, so everyone knew that from there. So they, they released a the song, "Walk the Dinosaur," which is a great song. Is it though? I think it is. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Um, you, can even, you could even you could Legos
2: are a lot of fun,
1: <laughs> unless you step on them. I mean, you could even now. You you might disagree with me, and I know probably the listeners will too. But Digital Underground, they had a couple songs, but the Humpty Dance was the song. Let's be honest.
2: All right, stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin the image and the
1: style that you're used to. I look funny. But you won't make a money, see. So yo world, I hope you're ready for me. I'm living large.
2: Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a great song. That's a great baseline. I it's don't a care. great song, which he sadly passed away not that long ago. Well, I'm not disagreeing; it's a great song. But yeah, they had a career. They they were around. They did, right? and I mean... and
1: they're like on the cusp of a one hit wonder because off that record, they probably had two or three songs. Uh, they had one in a movie with Dan Aykroyd, where uh, there was a small town. He was the judge. I think wow. Chevy Chase was in it as well. Anyway, I can't remember the name of that movie, uh, but uh, they had a few few in that. But basically, you say Digital Underground, what comes to mind? The Humpty Dance. You say The Outfield, your love comes to mind. You could even go with Simple Minds. Could almost be a one-hit wonder.
2: Yeah, I'm at a disadvantage for this because I uh, many of the songs that they're known for, uh, I just – I mean, I don't even feel this way about one hit, just, well, let's call them one hit wonders. I Even legendary bands, I, we've talked about this, I can't hang with the same three songs all the time. I just, that's... Sure. I just get, I just can't. Well, like, I think we're different. We're cut from a different cloth no, in that aspect, you know? Literally, I just can't listen to them anymore. I've heard them so many times. Sure. Even if I loved them at some point, I just can't hang
1: anymore well and I'm, I'm that same way with even some of my my favorite bands like well let's let's talk about guns and roses when uh paradise city or a uh, sweet child of mine comes on it's like skip you
2: know oh, yeah i can't anymore with I, it's sweet been overplayed oh yeah it's been I
1: overplayed it. i mean it was great seeing it in the thor movie and there's been some remakes of it that are really great but i mean and and truthfully i play it every night in the country band we do a version of it but i'm just so like their version comes on it's like next well
2: again that's the problem right is you get the same well again this is a catch-22 that's why they're hits i know right because people play them all the time and hence the one hit not that that's a one hit wonder but that's oh no no it's a catch-22 that's what you want radio to do you want them to play your song of course but you've got nine other songs on the record or in some cases six other records Correct. And you had the one hit, but your career wasn't a one hit thing, right? There are many people that do one song and you never hear it. They're gone. Right. And then other bands have 30-year careers. They just don't have another radio. And
1: let and me clarify. I'm not saying Guns N' Roses is a one hit wonder no, by any stretch. They have sure, massive hits. I mean, of course. I was just sure using, no, using the example of like you and I are cut from a different cloth because a lot of people still love hearing that song. It is and a
2: spectacular song. It
1: was a spectacular record from top to bottom. Album. Appetite for Destruction is by far their best release. Don't even get me started on Use Your Illusion 1 and 2. I can't believe that they put out that amazing record and then those two records came out with, like, well, hey, let's go with the rest of their career other than patience. Most of it is just kind of like, eh. But anyway, get, getting off target, what I'm saying is those songs are played on the radio. People love to hear those songs. You and I are more like, give me the deep tracks because we're I think we're in that field and we understand it's on the radio so much it's overplayed it's killed I would rather hear any other song not welcome to the jungle not paradise city but pick another song Mr. Brownstone even though that's technically kind of overplayed too now with with the you know satellite
2: radio I guess for me it's the equivalent of saying you know you've got an actor or an actress and they win uh, they win an Oscar for a movie right but they have 33 movies, but they won an Oscar for a movie. And that's, you know, do you say that, I mean, clearly there are other great movies that they did. Sure. I mean, maybe that's not the same. Well, maybe that's a poor analogy. I but see you it get my more. Point. It's just, I don't know. I've always been, uh, I don't know. I, I see it
1: more as if you want to put in the, uh, the actor analogy in there. I see it more like an actor does a great role. And it's amazing, and it's awesome. And then he cannot step out of that role when he does other movies. Johnny Depp.
2: Interesting. I mean, mm-hmm.
1: let's be honest. Ever since he played Captain Jack Sparrow, every time I see him, it's
2: Captain Jack Sparrow now. So, but then if you look at his old movies, like oh, Blow, you got to, yeah. Oh, are you kidding? What's spect- eating Gilbert Grape? That's he's got. I he, get what you're saying, uh, James Gandolfini. He's always going to be Tony, Tony Soprano. Yeah. Walking Dead, Rick. He will always, yeah. That's it. What's his name? Andrew McCart... Mc-
1: oh, I, I haven't watched Andrew. it in so long. Andrew, yeah. It was just called Rick. He's Rick.
2: He's in love, actually. Do you watch that show at Christmas time? I don't know. Watch no. it and tell me you don't see Rick. It's a love story. Oh, well, yeah. But it's Rick. They play roles dead. that
1: are so deep, you know, that they can't get out of it because they're that. And I kind of see artists that way with certain songs and genres. And that's why I like them stepping out of what they normally do. And that's why I don't like. Sweet Child of Mine So Much Or Paradise City or whatever act A C D C Back in Black. Shook me all night long. They're great songs, don't get me wrong. Amazing songs, massive success, awesome. And every once in a while I turn it on and like I start rocking. But I've heard it so much that give me a deep track.
2: No, I'm with you. I'm I'm again, I was just thinking of um I can't remember the song title, but I was listening to some Imagine Dragons and it's the same thing for me. You know, I I I'm just I'm I, the radio songs it's like I'm I'm good. It's, but they have if I heard a few the other day that it's like man, why don't they play these songs? These are right. they're just Yeah. You know and again? You you start to associate I get what you're saying. Yeah? You associate a band with that one song. Right. But man, go deep on the, on the record and sure enough, it's like this is a whole different experience well, like, listening like you, to this.
1: Like you mentioned, it's a it's a catch-22. It's between a rock and a hard place, whatever you want to throw in there because you want that song to be played every hour or every half hour. If, you, if you're the artist, you want that song being played. You want that commercial success. You want the fans to come and just scream that song for you. But you're like, I've got so many other songs as the artist that, you know. Here's an but example. That's the
2: point, right? There is a group of people they don't think they're right, like overplayed. They don't think it's a one hit wonder, and they don't think because they know every song on the record, right? That's just another song on the album, and they know right. front to back every line, every you know. I'm trying to say riff and lick in the same. I'm combining them, so that was a weird moment there. It's but a Rick. Know all that they all. That's exactly.
1: Right. <laughs> it's a
2: Rick. <laughs> that's precisely what was going to come out. Yeah, I'm thinking of The Walking Dead. Uh-huh. They know it. every Rick mm-hmm. on the record. <laughs> they know every riff. They know every line. So again, it's like who defines that, right? I mean, yeah, great. There was one song on the radio, but they've got a million to 80 million fans that know every line, every song, every record, you know, uh, I don't know. So if so you let's, go, to... let's circle back. What's the greatest of all time?
1: So I and again, this is completely I think there is no greatest of all time. That's sure. why this is such the the, sure. the topic because ev- to everyone else their song that person's song is the greatest of all time.
2: I'm talking greatest in your mind, one hit wonder. Well, so, and then what's the definition? It had it like everyone on the planet knows it.
1: Everyone on the planet knows it. You don't hear about them anymore and they're gone. You know, there was nothing else off the record. Oof, um, it's, it's tough. You know, it's I. It's tender. Like if I, had to, if I had to go, okay, I want to play one hit wonder right now, the one that comes to mind is Walk the Dinosaur. I don't know why, and there's probably better choices, and you probably ask me tomorrow and I will tell you something different. But walk the dinosaur from was not was comes to mind as one of the great because it literally it makes me get up, it makes me dance, it makes me sing along, I'm grooving in the car, listening to it, I'm singing it to my family, you know, the whole thing. I'm just doing it, you know. It's just awesome and one hit wonder. Even though Don was was a great producer, it's crazy because yeah, I I mean would you consider Starship? A one-hit wonder? Even though there was Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship, and then Starship with We Built This City on Rock and Roll, which, by the way, was voted, like, the like many years ago, the worst song ever, which I don't agree with.
2: Well, again, is it the worst song ever, or is it just overplayed to death?
1: According to whatever publication I mean, was that did this poll, it was the worst song of all time.
2: Again, it's all subjective, right? It's... It just depends on what I mean. I you can be honest ask, and say
1: it's vanilla ice. It's fine. I understand.
2: I under I thought that was a great song, but then I loved the Queen. It was it was a it, no brainer. Oh yeah. Under pressure.
1: Is no, the no sample. Now if you listen to him, it was different. It was off sure. by a sixteenth note. S- I saw that whole thing. Yeah, too. but he still lost that.
2: But let's be honest. I mean, that's a uh, you, you could have done anything with that sample. Oh yeah. It was a hit. At to least begin in with. my mind. I mean, again, under pressure. That's probably one of the greatest songs of all time. That's, you know, a, probably it's certainly one of my favorite Queen songs.
1: Oh, Queen in general is one of the greatest. And David bands. Bowie is on that,
2: right? Under pressure. Uh, yes. On, yeah, yeah. David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. I. Lo- I would, uh, that's one of the greatest songs ever. So sure. If you sample that, probably going to work, right? Of course. And yeah, that's that's up there. That's one of the biggest in my mind of of all time. And that would be an example, I guess. Did he? How many records did he have after that? Two. Sure, three maybe I don't know. Two, I don't I know. Think he turned into a metal guy. I mean,
1: yeah. There's a story about him coming to Utah. Uh, I but, know uh,
2: it. I know the people involved. Yes, we'll we'll save that story for another day. But I know uh, the details and the people involved. We call
1: that a tease. But you know, maybe another true. time we'll talk about it's it. It's all true. Trent, let's take a short break. We got to pay some bills and. Uh,
2: you are my father. There you go. Uh, well, you know so I you, know it's, what is it? My I only did. desire.
1: Uh-huh. When you say, I I want want it that way. Sorry. Oh, yeah, we're dancing in here. All right, we're going to take a short break. We're going to be right back. We're going to have the upcoming concert calendar. I want to talk about some major thing that I mentioned earlier in the show that just had a birthday. It's a TV series. Uh, Not a TV series, it's a TV show. Just had a birthday. It has to do with music. That should probably give it away right there. No idea. No idea. But we're going to take a short break and we will be right back. I am Johnny Lightfoot. He is Trent Falcone. This is the Music and Concert Show.
0: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
2: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do.
0: When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything.
1: To the Music and Concert Show with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone. Welcome back in, Music and Concert Show. Johnny Lightfoot, Mr. Trent Falcone. Well, hello. You know, we were just talking in that break, um, going back to our one-hit wonder stuff, and you brought up an interesting point. You said, Is a one-hit wonder a negative thing? And it got me thinking, and I thought, I think to the public. One hit wonder is a negative thing. But yet you love the songs, though. Right. But to the artist, I would love to have a one hit wonder. That's all it takes. I'd love to be a one hit wonder. Do you know
2: how many boats have been purchased? Boats. Do you know homes. how many houses have been yeah. purchased for people? Yeah. Give I me mean, a
1: one hit wonder. So it's, again, that's a catch 22 on that because you don't want that negative term thrown around with your name, but at the same time,
2: you do. Well, that was my question. Is it a negative term? I don't know. Who's deciding? Because, again, if you have one hit in your career.
1: Yeah, one in a billion chance.
2: Every time you see a movie, right, and you see the credits Mm -hmm. and they play a song, I just go, oh, good for you. Oh, yeah. Good for you, XYZ guy. Look at you.
1: Even if it's in there for Thirty yes. seconds, three seconds. The actions
2: or a commercial, the action sequence, and they cut to blank yeah. song, and I just go, I just go, oh, there it is. Yep.
1: As long as you sign the right deal. Look at you. Because there's deals out there. Well, that that's go,
2: true. You want your song in this movie, kid? No, that's true. I'm
1: not going to give you anything on the back end, but you're going to no, get the, true. you know, you're going to get the publicity, or you sign the deal, and it's like, thank you. Okay. Cha-ching.
2: Well, we we could talk about this all day. I'm just uh, real quick. I'm not. You played an Air Supply. Correct. They have many hits. Correct. But what's the one song everybody knows? All Out of Love. Is that a one-hit wonder?
1: No, because there was nine top fives.
2: There you go. But that's the one that everybody thinks of. Yeah, and you know, there's a portion of the audience that that's the only song they know. Well, there's a reason. But that's that, my point, right? They're yeah. not a one-hit wonder. No, but they are associated with one song, right? Well, a lot of a lot of people associate them with one song. You,
1: yes, you could. Uh, that's the song that's always played, like in movies or commercials. Sure, but you know, you can't deny "Making Love Out of Nothing" at all. "Lost
2: in Love," the one that you love. But that's my point, right? There is a there's a portion of people who listen and go. Oh yeah, I know them. It's one that it's that one song, right? But they're not. That's not an accurate description. So again, that's where I always just go. How do you define? You know, you, you could look at it a million different ways. And they've been how many years?
1: 48.
2: Yeah, long time. I mean, whatever. Wow, whatever. And clear. Right. Again, they're not that. They've got several. But you know that if they, there's a portion that will say, oh yeah, that one.
1: Yeah, well, the, the, and that I just call that, you know, the song that's overplayed on the radio, but right. all the songs were overplayed on the radio, technically, you know?
2: Sure. All right,
1: I teased before we went to break about a TV show that has to do with music, had a birthday. Any idea what I'm talking about, Trent?
2: I haven't any idea, no. I mean, I wasn't listening. I was thinking of the Backstreet Boys. I know, you were dancing and singing. Well, MTV Went on air. Oh sure,
1: August first, nineteen eighty-one. So just a few days ago was its wow. anniversary. And uh, do you know the first song played? Yep. What you was ready? It? Yeah.
2: Video killed the radio star by the Buggles. That's correct. I know, nerd. Let's see how. Oh, well, there of you energy. go. Is that a one-hit wonder? Yes. Okay. Okay. Think of the 10. Okay, so I can't get off this. Go ahead.
1: What was the second song played? Second video played. This is is where everyone knows about the Buggles. Everyone knows Video
2: Killed the Radio Star. Dexies, Midnight Runners, Come on, Eileen. No. Tina Turner, What's Love Got to Do With It? Nope. David Bowie, Let's Dance. Nope, it was a female artist.
1: Pat Benatar, Love is a Battlefield. Pat Benatar, You Better Run. Was the second rec- second video played on MTV. The third was... Wait, wait,
2: wait, 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 that- the third was... Cyndi Lauper, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. <laughs> nope. Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA. Nope. Culture Club, Karma Chameleon. Nope. All right. The Police, Every Breath You Take. Rod Stewart oh, with... Young
1: Turks. She Won't Dance With Me. I, I don't, don't know even know something. that song. Then the fourth? The Cars. Close. It hold does, on! Hold on! It does have a "the" in the
2: title. Uh, has the hair? Is the hair long or short? Both. The Clash, Rock the Casbah. Nope, that was later. I don't know. The Who. Oh wow! With what song? You, you better, you bet. Oh, that's a of course. You know what would be an interesting thing to to look up if we ever we had a way to do that? What's that? What are the top ten most played? videos on MTV. Oh Certainly man. Certainly everyone I just named. Oh, absolutely. They got to be in there. You I Howard think, jo- well, he didn't. Howard Jones was a little later. Howard
1: Jones, I think you even got to go with, you know, some of the rock bands because MTV really helped the rock scene of the late 80s. The Bon Jovis, the Poisons, the Warrants. all those type of bands really really helped that headbanger's ball. You know, all that stuff really helped out these bands a lot. But I just want to say, a lot of people think MTV stopped playing music, and they did for a while. That yeah. is true. But you can now get MTV Classic on whatever streaming service, and it's nothing but videos again.
2: <laughs> oh, But that takes us back to some of the songs. I grew up on that stuff. Oh, so did I. I remember vividly. Coming home from school or whatever, oh yeah, and my dad said we we had just got cable, yeah. right, uh-huh, it's like a, well, or maybe we had it, but I don't remember, but he said well i f- there's a some station with nothing but music, and it was like, well, hey, whoa, what's this what do you mean and the and the rocket that you know the yep, damn, yeah, and the little intro they did at the top every yes, hour, sure, that was it, so the way it started. Obsession. I,
1: I looked at it the other day. I watched, and this is how I know all the videos that were there. I watched the first two hours of MTV when it went on the air. And literally it was the bars, you know, just the, the, the bars yeah, and, the, and the tone. I think I did. And then at 1201 on August 1st, 1981, it came in and all of a sudden you had a countdown and the shuttle was there picture of the shuttle and it was counting down and you heard all right we're getting you know whatever they say uh, right, rocket right, one right, ready right. ignition yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that stuff and it took off and then all the vjs came on martha quinn uh loved her she was awesome mark jj jackson yep lena somebody and then later on came downtown julie brown but they all came on and introduced themselves and what they said was 100 percent true we are about to change music and I, they did.
2: I think that I did not see it happen. I think the reason this is triggering a memory is because of the, you know, the throwback shows, and they they replayed that stuff. Yes, yes, but I do remember watching it. Right, it was just days after it came on. Oh man, it was that was it. I was obsessed. I watched it. Which is probably my fault, which is why now I can't listen to some of those songs. Sure. Right? I just can't. I can't anymore. But Too MTV
1: did exactly what they said. We are going to change music, and it did. It made bands stop thinking about radio play, and it made them start start thinking about MTV play. This is my new avenue for a hit, and it worked. Man, it was
2: it was epic.
1: I, As you said, I would come home from school and flip it on. I never watched... 1981 august 1st when it came on i learned about it probably several days after and i was and then i would just sit there i would come home from from school do my homework with mtv in the background and i would tune out during you know the cindy loppers and all that stuff that was coming on and as soon as the rock stuff came on i was like right in front of it looking at it going that's going to be me someday
2: well again now let's get into the you know the the specialty shows okay Headbanger's Ball, uh, 120 minutes. Ricky Rackman. Ricky and – and uh, Which was Headbanger's guy Ball. guy on 120, what, the uh, bald guy, older guy, uh, that guy. Not Kurt Loder. No, he was on 120. He's a famous DJ. And Anyway, uh, you know what, 120 minutes was on Sunday nights. Headbanger's mm-hmm. Ball was Saturday nights. Yep. Yo MTV Raps was like, I think on weekdays for and then I mean, I was obsessed with all that stuff. It was so cool. That's really probably the reason. I mean, I liked music, but I think MTV is what ruined me.
1: I can see that. I can see that. That's what ruined me. Well, again, it's just a couple days ago, it was MTV's birthday, uh, August 1st, 1981, and as I mentioned, MTV does still play music, there's three or four now MTV channels, one of them, uh, they play nothing but, like, Ridiculousness on 24 hours a day, and then the other one is called MTV Classic, and they will just play videos all day, they have, like, 90s Nation, they have, you know, like, the 80s Rock, they have the Yo! MTV raps, they have all that stuff again, so... If you're missing it, it's back.
2: The only thing that's missing
1: is the VJs. I wish the VJs were back.
2: All right, here we go. The what is the greatest video of all time? Ooh. There's only one there's no right or wrong answer. I Except in this case. I've got to go think about it. Think With about it. MJ and Thriller. That's it. Yeah. That's the answer. Absolutely. Do remember you remember when that, g- when that g- yes. I was just gonna say the same thing. Listen, when that came out, are you kidding I me? Loved Michael Jackson. I loved Michael Jackson. Forget Thriller. Crazy. Off the Wall? Sure. Come on. Come
1: on with Off the Wall. Thriller's best selling album of all time, I believe. But Off the Wall is no slouch. Yeah. But I, I mean, remember, though, the video for Thriller. Oh, remember they showed, like, the behind the scenes and all the yes. makeup he had to go through and the the, yes. the. the The eyes. The eyes. That also
2: ruined me on those eyes. I'm terrified. Listen, I love me some Halloween sure. and horror movies and I know. zombies. I hate those glowing yellow do you eyes, really? and that's probably why. <laughs> do you know, remember when they debuted? I do. And it was, first of all, it was what? Not ten minutes long? Ten minutes long. Of the intro? With
1: Vincent Price doing Vincent an intro. Vincent
2: Price. The, who's the director? The famous I, uh, guy?
1: Uh, not Hitchcock. Um, what was his name? The uh, guy. Anyway.
2: Anyhow and the zone well again i was a the
1: dance I, I mean to this day
2: i can do that dance this thing yeah this whole thing yeah where you go side to side this whole thing and the this deal <laughs> that's just like the backstory boys i don't care you know you do it
1: i know and sadly what i'm getting at is i don't think we're ever gonna have anything like that again because everything's released on youtube there's no gigantic like did you just see what i just saw with this thriller michael jackson just did the most amazing thing ever I don't know if
2: we'll see that again. John Landis—that's who I'm looking for. He directed Thriller. He was the uh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I actually did know that. He was a. I um, just had to peek over at your computer
1: and see that. Wow.
2: No, that whole thing—that whole thing when he, t- uh, the when they're all coming out of the, the cemetery. I mean, I think I was actually a little frightened too. That wasn't. It wasn't <laughs> like Goofy, right? It was. It was meant to be scary. That was hardcore makeup and i mean that was unbelievable again i was doomed anyway because i love halloween and all that scary stuff so to watch that and then at the end when they're all coming at her they're all walking towards the it's the pov shot oh, and all the zombies yeah. are coming yeah. closing in on her yeah so good <sighs> unbelievable it was it was freaky absolutely i don't care what that's it there's no other answer man that's that's it thriller has got to be i don't even know what second there's, I mean, second place is probably, now there's 25 other sure. awesome videos from that era, but Thriller.
1: Thriller's by far the top.
2: Get out of town with that. It's the greatest.
1: Okay, well, in other music news. Nerds. we Yes, that was Nerd Talk. We are going to step over to the rock world again, and David Lee Roth has now released a brand new song. It's kind of a reflective song about Van Halen and his days with Van Halen. Uh, before we came on, you and I listened to the song, even though we've heard it before, but we just kind of both listened to it so we could have it fresh in our ears. And I'm I'm going to say it. Um, the video's cool. The song is not what you would expect from David Lee Roth.
2: I mean, it sounds like David Lee Roth.
1: It does, and, but know. it's not what you would expect. I, sure. ex- I expect him jumping around, you know, doing his, hey, woo,
2: ha-ha, yeah, you know, that stuff that he does. Okay, wait a second. He doing what? Can you do that again? Yeah, hey! Is that it? I don't remember him ever doing that. No? Maybe you were watching a different channel. I, maybe. Wow.
1: But it huh. came out, so it has John 5 as the acoustic guitar player on that record. Uh, it's, just, it's a real reflective look at his time with Van Halen. I would almost call it a tribute to Eddie in some ways. Well, of course. Sure. Um, I don't really know how it's trending, but I think you should definitely check it out. And uh, find your own opinion on it. But listen to it. If you're a Van Halen fan and haven't seen this yet, check this out because it's awesome.
2: The video's really cool.
1: The video's great. It just goes through old photos. And some of them I haven't seen before. Some I've seen. But a lot I have not seen, probably out of David's
2: personal collection. You know it, right? You absolutely know that that's stuff that nobody – some people have probably – they've never seen it, but – I still to this and that's one. I it's I'm a very tender. That's uh, very tender for me. I cannot believe I didn't ever see Van Halen.
1: You never saw Van H- I with, with, with I, Roth? You mean?
2: I don't think I ever saw Van Halen. Really? Or it's one of the shows that I've completely forgotten about. But I didn't they play the Delta Center or the Salt Palace, whatever Salt it Palace, would have been. Yeah. With Sammy Hagar. Oh yeah. I want to say it was in the round, but that's not right. That was Def Leppard and L.A. Guns. Correct, uh, and that was Metallica. Yep, on the Black album. I don't think I ever saw Van Halen, which Van- I can't believe. Van
1: I've... Halen came with the 5150 tour, which was Sammy, and this—that's where I saw him. I never saw David Lee Roth do him. Where at Harbor uh, Freight? Nope, nope, nope. It was Salt Palace, I think, or Delta Center, one of the two.
2: I want to think that I was there, but I just—I can't. I just have no memory of it, and I. I don't... I just... It's um, ridiculous that I never got to see Eddie Van Halen. And then I we saw... We had them. him at the... Uh, them, rather, at the uh, at the amphitheater. USANA. Yeah. And Morrissey was at the Depot the same night. Oh. Boy, I wonder I which one so, you chose. I was so excited. Van Halen announced first. Yeah. And it was when they kind of reunited. So it was Eddie and, and... It was the original. With Wolfie, though. With well, well, Wolfie, right, yeah. on base. And then we... Yeah. And then the Depot show announced. And it's like, okay... I guess I'm going to miss Van Halen, and I, I'm I regret. I heard they were spectacular. Did you go to that one?
1: I did not, and I, I, I kind of regret it because that would have been the last time I would have saw Eddie. You know, here's an interesting fact: Wolfie, Eddie's son, is getting married. Interesting to a Utah girl, hmm. and it goes even deeper. The guy I play with, Charlie Jenkins,
2: it's one of his nieces. How on earth did they? Don't tell me they met here at Harbor Freight or something.
1: I I don't know how they met. I haven't got that far. I don't feel really comfortable kind of going. So tell me about this. How did it happen? Was she a uh, groupie? You
2: know, I don't know. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just like <laughs> I mean, does he? I, I was thinking. Okay. Anyway, I think it's really <laughs> I cool. Just, like, did he spend a lot of time here? I mean, well, okay. So they did
1: spend a lot of time here because Valerie's brother, David Burtonelli. Lived oh, here. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a yeah. photographer yeah. up in the Park City area. So Valerie and Eddie would always come sure. here, and of course they brought Wolfie. In fact, I have a story. We'll save for another day. When I was playing a club in Park City, and Eddie came and saw us play.
2: Did you say hello to him?
1: I did. I was introduced to him because Get he was. he out of town. He you was, met
2: Eddie Van Halen. All
1: right, I'm gonna yeah, at Harbor Freight in in the Screwdriver. Don't <sighs> tell
2: the story. We right, can't, right. nobody wants to wait.
1: I was playing with a piano player named Rich Wyman. Um, Rich Wyman's very well known in the Park City. He tours the world as well. Great songwriter. He worked with Eddie Van Halen on a couple songs. So he would fly out to California and do play and record in the 5150, write songs with Eddie, etc. We were playing. Uh, it was Thanksgiving Eve at the Cozy in Park City. It was a very small club, very wow. very small. There was no guitar on the stage, or I would have played with Eddie Van Halen. But that's a uh, so anyway. Club was packed. Everyone is there. Rich is introducing me to all of his friends and he and he says, Hey John or Johnny, I want you to meet my friend Ed. I'm like, Okay, let's go meet Ed. And I walk over and he goes, This is my friend Ed, Ed, this is Johnny, and I'm looking at him because he had he had glasses on, not dark glasses, but like like reading glasses and like a beret turned backwards. And I'm looking at him as I'm shaking my hand, I'm going, this this is Eddie Van Halen. He
2: didn't tell I mean
1: No, he left it as a surprise. I just want you to meet my friend Ed. So like, Clearly okay.
2: knowing you were going to associate.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh, boy. I met Eddie Van Halen. Um, we go back on stage. Now, I am the only thing even remotely close to uh, a stringed instrument on stage. So guess who's watching every move I make? And guess could what? did you see him watching you? Oh, it gets better. So I'm watching him at a table. He and Valerie were sitting there. Valerie, Valerie could not have existed that day because all eyes were on Eddie that whole time. I mean, he was an idol, right? So we're playing the song that had a very heavy bass groove, like really groovy. All of a sudden, I see Eddie get up, walk around the club, and come over behind the PA speakers. And he's like three feet from me watching me play. <sighs> and I'm just, I, I'm just, imagine the nerves, okay? And so we finish that set, wow. and he comes up to me and goes, You're pretty good on that bass, man. You're really good. And he talks about Michael. He didn't like Michael's playing. In fact, another story would be Eddie played on most of the bass on most of their other records. He told me that. Um, so he's talking to me. and Who are you? I don't know you. And we were having a good time. And this is the best part of the story. I get the bright idea. You should hire me. Well, if you like my bass playing, you should hire me. Is what I said to him. And Eddie looked me square in the eyes. And this is the greatest line ever ever to that comeback he said to me why would i hire you when i have me wow and i'm like
2: wow i'm like you know bravo you're right eddie van halen that's yep. it that is it i'm with that story 100 isn't that amazing i was going to be upset but now i'm uh, now I'm, uh, I'm with that <laughs> you know who can say that who eddie van halen that's right that's who can say that. Prince can say that kind That's right. of stuff.
1: That's right. Eddie can say that. And here's what's really Did cool. Did he
2: smile? Was he Yeah, oh yeah he, was, he, he was just
1: having a fun time. But Did he, he laugh? Oh, yeah, but he's right. I mean, come on. It's Eddie Van Halen. Wow. He played bass on most of the records. He, plays bass on, he played bass on Sammy Hagar's, one of Sammy Hagar's records solely. How have you not told me that story? Listen, I don't know.
2: This is disgusting.
1: But it gets better. So, And this is what I think is really cool. They came back a few years later with Gary Sharon singing on the Van Halen 3 tour. Um, and that, it was one short. Gary Sharon Gary was the singer of Extreme. He joined Van Halen for, for one album. It was a horrible mistake. So I was with Rich again and David Bertinelli. And we went backstage. We got to go backstage. I, I knew we were going to go say hi to Eddie. I zoomed right past Michael Anthony. I'm like, oh, hey, Michael, nice to meet you. Bye. And I went straight into Eddie's room, and Eddie goes, you're that bass player. Wow. And this was a few years later. And I said, yeah, yeah, I played with Rich. And he goes, yeah, I remember you. Wow. So I think that was pretty cool. Did you get a picture? I did not. Didn't happen. We, we, You know, it was, it was back in the days where there was no cell phones. You couldn't take cameras in. It was Park West where we played. I kid. And uh, you couldn't take cameras in, you know, then. So, no, I regret that, but. That's my
2: Eddie Van Halen story. That's an epic story. Isn't that pretty amazing? That's an epic punchline, too. I mean... There couldn't have been a better response to that. There are not too many people that can say that as a response. He can. (laughs) Eddie Van Halen all
1: day. Absolutely. Wow. and, And the best part about it, well, back then, he was right.
2: Could you imagine if he would have said, let me get your number? Oh Yeah. Could you imagine? Yeah. What about that?
1: I did have the number to the fifty one fifty studio, but he never answered it.
2: What about that?
1: I know. If he said, "You know what? Let me get your number." Do
2: you ever? Uh, Do you ever? At night, when you're trying to sleep, think about what if he would have called me?
1: Could you imagine? Here's my- the
2: thing: you were the phone. You well, you would have. Did you have a cell phone? When, when was no, this? no? This
1: was in the like mid nineties, you know.
2: So he would have called me and been like, "Hey, this is Eddie Van Halen."
1: Yeah, I my, saw.
2: Yeah, shut up. My mom probably my would brother. have answered, you know, or, or yeah, you would have been like, you would have hung up on him. You would have been like, Nah, shut up. She'd be like, no, hey, it's, John, Eddie hey, Van, Van Halen's on the phone. Van Halen is on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. No, yeah, right. Not. Whatever, mom. It's 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 Trent. It's Falcone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. you would have hung up on him. Yeah, he would have called back. I like,
1: think hey. that happened in the Rockstar movie with Mark Wahlberg. Sure. Remember that same That's story? Right. But, you
2: could have been that story.
1: But, yeah, very very simple. It could have been, but I mean. Wow. I think anybody that's in that a, position so. would have done – Anybody in that position probably would have done exactly what I did. Well, then hire me. Wow. And I bet you he gets that every – or got that every single day of his life. Well, hire me. You're a great player. Yeah, well, then hire me. And that's sure. why he had that great comeback is sure. probably because – Oh, he's probably said it to other people. <laughs>
2: wow. that's That's spectacular. What a fun story. Is that the most famous person you've ever met? Uh,
1: that's up there. It's up there. I mean, we've both met Kiss, so that's up there.
2: Um, let me think. I mean, like uh, you know, like there, sat down and had like a conversation. No, I just mean like you know, like next level famous. That, where it's like it might wow, be that might be. And that's that's pretty well, especially now, right? I mean, it's all all the more meaningful when you. Oh yeah. Don't You know you don't get these opportunities. That's why I'm so mad. I'm not, I am swear I have to go back somehow and figure out if I saw them. I was obsessed with 5150, so I can't imagine that I wouldn't have gone to see them, but I don't know that I was allowed to go to concerts at that point. Oh, that's horrible. I would have been too—well, I didn't—who would have, i can't remember who I would have gone with, right? Me? I mean, did we—that was before we could drive. That was—we were like kids.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We would have been your dad or my mom taking us to the concert, <sighs> dropping us off.
2: No, my uncle used to take me because my um you know my my dad was not going to have anything to do with metal sure and uh I get that, and my uncle somehow I suckered him into it, and uh <laughs> he took me to a lot of great shows, but I just don't remember that but
1: it was, anyway uh, awesome the fifty one fifty tour uh the o u eight one two album both of those tours were unbelievable the balance tour was great and even is a- Even Van Halen 3 with Gary Sharon was still a good show, but it was just wrong.
2: Man, all over the map. What was the original point? MTV, right.
1: MTV. Is that how we went off this tangent? Man, this is fun. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Trent, we should probably get to throwback record because, uh, you know, it's almost Uh, that time.
2: Well, uh, again, that's the point of this show, right, is to talk about... You know, this is this is entertaining stuff. At least, uh, you know, to somebody. So, well, I am
1: going, and I have a feeling you might disagree with me on this throwback. I can album. almost
2: promise you, but let it let it go.
1: Okay, I'm taking us back to the '80s again. November fifteenth, nineteen eighty six. I am taking us to the Beastie Boys' License to Ill" record. Released uh, basically part of... Oh, what was the record label they were on? Rick Rubin produced it. Label was Def Jam and Slash Columbia. Um, Had such great hits as Girls. No, not so much. Brass Monkey. And of course, No Sleep Till Brooklyn. But the major player on that record... Was fight for your
2: right to party. Well, that's a nice tie into what we just talked about. Also, one of the first videos I remember on MTV. You do? I mean, you remember that video? Of course. I, I mean, I I loved it. Yeah, I, I do was too. obsessed with it. I thought that was a great song. I was confused by it because, well, I mean, the Beastie Boys were, you know, let's be honest, right? There was nothing like that. No way, no. They had their own. There's another one. You want to talk about an original artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like. Whether you were a big fan or not, that's an artist that you knew. You knew who you were hearing when you when they came on. Oh yeah, I loved that song.
1: Fight for you, right?
2: Loved the song. Oh, loved the video. That's a fine example, right? What we're talking about. That video, I was like, "Yep, okay." Well, it was. However, the rest of the record, not so great. Didn't really do it for me. I no. would argue the next one is the one for me. That
1: well, before we get to that. Um... On the song Fight for Your Right and No Sleep Till Brooklyn is a very famous guitar line in that. Do you know who played that? I do. You do? Yes, I do. Wow,
2: this of course, is interesting. Because I, was obs- I loved the video and I loved I you know I loved metal.
1: This is deep nerd stuff here for knowing this. <sighs> who was it?
2: Carrie King, Slayer. That's right. Yep. And wow. he was in the video. Yes. And I remember thinking because again back then, right, all you the only way you really knew what the band looked like was, the was video. From yeah. Videos or Album covers, or right. you know, what was the magazine? Circus magazine, Circus or whatever. hit parader, hit parader yeah. Metal whatever, Rip magazine, all Rip. That yes. was the one. Yep. Yeah. And I looked, and I'm like, "That's is that the guy from Slayer?" Yes. Yeah. Well, first of all, he's wearing a Slayer shirt, but that's, right, that's not a dead giveaway. But no, spectacular. Well, great. It great always song.
1: made me wonder because I I never I always wondered if the Beastie Boys actually played the the instruments and or, or just rapped, but. That answers the question, Carrie King, and then going back to probably your album that you prefer over this one, which is
2: I thought Ill Communication. I mean, everyone I know in the history of my life owns that album.
1: That's a great album. I mean the song Sabotage is on that record. That
2: is the song that hooked me. But yeah. if you look, I mean again, Sure Shot and Root Down. Get it together with Q-Tip. Are you a fan of Tribe Called Quest? Probably not if you're not a hip-hop guy. Not huge, but I do like them. I do know some of their stuff. I mean, that again, I was not, I was not completely sold on the Beastie Boys. Uh, some of that just it wasn't my cup of tea. But ill communication. I don't know anyone that didn't think that that was groundbreaking. So, again, because it, again, they they do what some bands. Don't do. Maybe they don't want to, or they don't. They're afraid to. But they were known as kind of what a hip hop band, and then on "Ill Communication," yeah. there's a punk rock. Yes, there is song, and there uh, some of the samples and some of the beats were just. I think I worked at a record store when it came out, so I heard I an advanced that. copy of yes. it. And uh, you know, "Sure Shot" when that came out, I wow. I, I remember sabotage because it was so. Not Beastie Boys, right? It was punk, no. kind of punk rock with, with that bass end, line, I mean, yeah. And his vocal—that's yeah. not hip hop. That's no, you know, that's punk rock, verging it's, into metal. It's almost arguable that Sabotage is probably played now more than Fight for Your Right. Probably, I'd say it's a. Oh boy, would I say it's a better song? I'd say it's a better song. I would agree with you it's on that. It's a song, better song, but Sure Shot is no joke. But well, that's that's. Man, it's a brilliant album. I've I, I pick that
1: one. Rick Rubin, who produced both of those records, was a genius. He just kind of let them do what they want. Like you said, there's one song that's punk, there's rap stuff, there's hip-hop grooves, there's Sabotage with that great bass line, which is
2: borderline rock. There's another one. Did you ever see them? I never saw them. I didn't either. No. Nope. I don't even know if they came. Yeah, they did. Really? They played at uh, Salt Air. No way. They played at Salt Air, and I've heard this story many times, but it it was sold out, right? Like, oh, I believe it. I don't remember what capacity out there is, but it's not a ton. 3,000? 3, 3,800? 3, I do at tops? Yeah. The guy that told me the story was one of the promo He was involved with the promoter. He, he said there were so many people. You've been to Salt Air. Of course, two, I played Salt story. Air, yeah. 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 There were so many people they were climbing up the walls <laughs> really? outside to sneak in. Now wow. that's think about salt air, right? I, yeah,
1: it's high. It's really high.
2: That's I even I'm like listen, that can't be true. It's a tall building. That can't be true. It's not possible. How would you get a, he he's he's like I listen. Yes. That's precisely were they breaking why I, windows or something. I well, I do remember he said they had to call. They had to call the police. Well, like the roof is like seventy-five were, feet in the air. I mean, they were losing. Was... They were losing control because people wow. were just not having that it was sold out. They were wow. just not having it, and people were sneaking in. And when that didn't work, they were trying to. I guess I don't know if they were successful. Now this has been ten years since I've heard the story, but they were attempting to climb up and hoist each other up. To go through the windows on the top floor. Now, listen again. Amazing. Good for you, but that would be a feat. But they lost. Yeah, it was chaos. Well, and the, I guess the show was obviously packed, and they were spectacular. Like they, they must. They'd, if they'd they expect. climbed
1: to the roof, they must have been getting in the catwalks because there's no third, fourth, or fifth level. It's like the second level is like twenty feet up, and then it's another forty to the roof. So well,
2: you have to be you have to be very uh, determined to get into a show to do that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah I, w- anyway, I yeah. wouldn't do that.
2: Uh, I I think it was on this album. I think it was this tour, Ill Communication Tour.
1: Well, just to uh to put in between the two albums, we looked up the record sales on them and it's basically neck and neck. It was about ten million, is that what we figured? Ten million and change and of- change for uh, license to ill and roughly ten million for uh commun L- what is it called? Ill communication?
2: Ill communication. Ill
1: communication, sorry. Um so it's really neck to neck. The only thing that makes it stand out is in 1986 uh License to Ill was it finished the year basically at number 3 on the US Billboard Top 200 where that record the other one came in like in the 60s I believe in the Top Billboard 200 but <laughs> I I can't really go with what is the better record because again you fight to uh, you. You got a right to fight. What was it called? You got to fight for your right. Thank you. Yeah. Um, was what introduced me to the Beastie Boys and was a massive MTV hit. But "Sabotage" is such a great song.
2: I'm I'm giggling because I'm looking at this playlist. Sure Shot. Isn't that a flute? Is it? It's a flute. I didn't know that. Do you know how many people can sample a flute? Not many in a in a, a rack. Uh, oh, the very tr- beginning. Ba, ba, <laughs>
1: da, 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 da. Yes, <laughs> isn't a that gra- a flute? Yes, it is.
2: Name what another a- rock song, rap song. Name another rock and roll song with a flute. Jeff Rotot. Not them.
1: Okay, Lizzo. She has a flute. She plays flute.
2: Yeah. Oh, that's right. She does. Yes. yes. Okay. Name three.
1: Uh, that's about Since
2: it. Since Lizzo, oh. who has sampled? And again, you if listen, I know you don't.
1: No, I get can't. In your,
2: get in your car. Not right now. When we're done, get mm-hmm. in your car. Put on Sure Shot. Turn the volume up. Yeah, so good. When that it's- drum kicks in, the beat kicks in. Tell me again. Listen, if you're not, but you're bobbing your head. It's and, a
1: classic intro that uh, you can actually hear daily on the on the KSL Sports Zone. We use that all the time for, for intro bumps and coming in. And when you
2: get to the chorus, you all sing along. You do the, you can't, you won't, you don't, stop. <laughs> Everybody yells, stop. Next family get-together, yep. put it on, tell me everyone doesn't sing along. What's the song that goes, eh, drop? Is that Sabotage? No, it's... Uh, everyone
1: sings that, too. Which I, I did not remember. do is it that, justice. It's not
2: the same song. Yeah, that wasn't very good. No, it wasn't. But good at my all. Backstreet Boys was poor as well. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right.
1: Well, Trent, uh, we are completely we are out of time. You did the concert calendar early, basically. That's it. That's it. We are uh, we are actually overtime. Wow. But uh, no problem. It's a good show. I love it. I love how we can just go off on these tangents and. Uh, Kill some time and talk about stuff, and and the stories are awesome. So no, we really appreciate story. everyone listening. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook at Music and Concert Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny Lightfoot One. Trent, you can find him at Johnny Lightfoot One. That's right. He does not have a Twitter. He does not tweet. I do not. It's probably a good thing. It but is indeed. But if you want to hear something, if you want something, uh, sh- us to do a show, maybe you have a throwback record you want us to talk about, and. Trust me, we know a lot of stuff, so we probably know a bunch of useless information about that record. But hit us up on one of those. Hit us up on... Uh, I know it's true, right? Hit us up on our Facebook page or our Twitter, and uh, tell us what you want to hear. We're happy to take care of it. Again, we appreciate you listening to the Music and Concert Show. I am Johnny Lightfoot. He is Trent Falcone. We'll see you next week. All
2: day.